Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to Liturgical Libations and Lamentations. Here at Libations and Lamentations, we believe that all people are theologians, whether they like it or not. As such, we hope this podcast will help to refine and shape the theology of the church, particularly lay men and women, toward a more orthodox and articulate expression. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to our first episode of Libations and Lamentations. Before we jump too much into today's episode, I want to just take a moment to introduce ourselves, the host, to you. My name is Jay Thomas, and I work in the U.S. Navy in nuclear engineering. Um, and so I'll preface everything that I say that the Navy has nothing to do with this podcast, does not endorse it, does not sanction it, um, and nor do or nor does anything I say represent them in any way, shape, or form. I graduated from the Naval Academy in 2014 with my degree in English literature. Yes, I work with nuclear reactors and I majored in English. You can do the math yourself. I have a daughter who's about two and a half and a son who's one and an awesome wife who's also an English major from the Naval Academy who works with nuclear power. Um, And that's it for me, AJ. So hi, podcast listeners. Um, I'm AJ Nolte. I'm an assistant professor at Regent University's Robertson School of Government. Um, Basically, everything Jay said about the Navy applies to me, the Robertson School, and Regent University. I teach mostly political science courses um, in a variety of different subfields. Like Jay, I live in the Hampton Roads area. I live in uh, Virginia Beach. He lives in Norfolk, which he can actually pronounce the way that locals do, and I can't. Um, I do not, while I'm not a a grammatically correct nuclear um, engineer type person. Um, I am, uh, I'm happy to be in such august company. Um, I have a daughter who is the same age as uh, Jay's daughter and they um, hopefully will not make an appearance while we're recording the podcast, but they do, they're uh, friends and hang out. So we, if you ever hear them in the background, that would be why. Uh, and I also have an awesome wife. So um, yeah, that's, that's a basic intro. All right, so what we're going to be doing with this podcast, AJ and I, now you might have heard from our bios, are not, we're not professional theologians, but we are two people who are in love with the theology of the church. And we really wanted to create a podcast that delves into that theology, especially from a lay perspective, and help to delve into and really dig into what really the church has thought about different topics. Um, and how they can relate to you, our listeners. Um, We're going to unapologetically say that this podcast is going to be from an Anglican perspective. Both AJ and I attend Christ Redeemer Anglican Church in Norfolk, Virginia. I told you you could do it. But we really want, and we hope that this podcast can be accessible and useful for the whole church, whether you're Anglican, uh, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, or anything in the middle or in between. Yeah, and I think the the first thing that we really want to say as an outset is kind of a foundational core belief that we share is the idea that theology matters. Not surprising because we're two guys doing a theology podcast, but people have a tendency to sometimes think theology is either something that you shouldn't talk about because people will get into obscure arguments about free will versus predestination um, that will, you know, sort of um, just ruin the friendship or whatever, or because theology is something that doesn't really connect with them and with their relationship with God. Um, you know, I, 
you, if you spend time in, in certain denominations or traditions, they'll make a distinction between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Um, but it, you know, in in First Corinthians. Um, Paul tells us that, you know, I praise the Lord with my heart and I praise the Lord with my mind also. So theology is praising God with, with our mind. And I think also in scripture we see in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Um, part of knowing Christ is theology. Part of knowing God is theology. Um, we are gifted by God with reason, with the ability to think and to understand and to seek knowledge. And so because of that, um, part of the process of following him is using all of our faculties for him. Um, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Lord your God, it says in Colossians uh, 3.17. And so part of that, I would say, is, you know, as we do theology, um, we, we kind of reflect the image of God and it's part of our relationship with him. And the final thing that I want to say about theology is that everybody does theology, whether they acknowledge it or not, because we all have sometimes complex um, thoughts about God. If you ask a question about God, even beginning with the question of does God exist, then you're a theologian because everybody who thinks about God, asks questions about God, um, you know, engages in, in reason that is connected with trying to better understand the divine is a theologian. So even atheists are theologians. So AJ, are you saying that every Christian, whether they like it or not, is a theologian? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and everybody who's not a Christian is a theologian. Everybody who's ever had a thought about God is a theologian because that's essentially what God, what theology is. So does that mean as Christians we you know, really we ought to have a very well formed theological perspective? I hate doing things that I'm not good at. I don't know about you. Um, you know, I'm a political scientist by training, so I avoided math classes like the plague because I'm not a math person. Um, you unfortunately don't have that ability to totally avoid math anymore because of what you do. But you know, I, I don't like um, doing things that I'm not good at. But if I have to do something, I want to be as good at it as possible, right? And I think that that's, you know, there's there's a, an obvious, um, a, you know, competitive guy, I like to be good at things. But I think that there's something deeply, profoundly Christian about that too, right? You know, we want to be the best, we want to be our best selves. If we have to do things, we should be good at them. We have to do theology. We can't go, uh, you know, forth in life without some sort of theology. So let's be good theologians. Not necessarily professional theologians who are getting into you know the, the minutiae and trying to write papers for theological studies or biblical uh, studies associations, but good theologians who have a really robust, well-grounded theological approach to, to life and particularly to life of faith. All right. Well, with that as our preface to maybe what we're going to be talking about, our emphases during this podcast, Let's jump a little bit into maybe what AJ and I's theological backgrounds are so that you kind of have a perspective of where we're going to be coming from in certain more nitpicky aspects of this podcast. Yeah, I think that's helpful. You know, it's always good to know when at the outset, uh, when you're listening to a podcast, where somebody's coming from. Um, and not necessarily because you want to exclude or, or listen or not listen based on that. But I think just because it's good for us as, as podcasters, as, people, as podcasters, as people who are you know going through this to come out with our perspective at the outset. So you, you know, uh, where we are. So Jay, why don't you uh, kick us off? Because one of the things that we found out as we got to be friends is just how similar actually our background is. Absolutely. So AJ and I, we mentioned we're already, we're both members of the same Anglican church, but neither of us grew up Anglican. We actually both grew up Lutheran. So both myself and AJ grew up in the evangelical Lutheran church in, in America, which if you're not familiar with, um, it's a more progressive mainline denomination 
But honestly, it was an incredible place for us both to be raised in the faith. Um, my dad was a ELCA pastor, um, currently in the North American Lutheran Church, but my entire time growing up, he was a ELCA pastor and both the Rocky Mountain Senate and the North Carolina Senate. And I think, AJ, you grew up in churches in western Pennsylvania and upstate New York? Yeah, so uh, western New York Synod, uh, which is sort of uh, Buffalo, Rochester area, and then the, what's called the Lower Susquehanna Synod, which is um, sort of south-central Pennsylvania. And so for both of us growing up Lutheran, we grew up with this sense of you know, the importance of justification by grace, or by faith through grace alone. And also, in essence, that really the worship of God is through word and sacrament, that those are the pillars of worship and that they're vital aspects for the church. But both AJ and I, as we moved into our adult lives, began to wrestle with um, and kind of struggle with not so much our faith, but rather our ecclesiology. Now, ecclesiology is you know, maybe a bigger word, and what it means is merely the study of the church. So instead of doubting our theology or our understanding of God, we doubted our understanding of the church. And as we delved into that, both AJ and I, for actually different reasons, came to an understanding that, at the very least, our faith had to be exercised within the Catholic church. Now, you might be saying, you already said this is a podcast ran by two Anglicans. Why are you not Roman Catholics? You just said you decided you need to be in the Anglican church. And I think really the the essence or the aspect of that is that we realize that Catholicity, you know, the understanding of the universal church, does have some very clear and explicit external trappings or focuses. But in reality, it's more a an attitude of the heart of the denomination in some ways and a striving for the Catholic approach to faith. AJ, maybe you'd like to expound upon that. Yeah, I think you you hit on uh, the big one, ecclesiology. So, you know, I'm a political scientist, which means I've been a political nerd forever. I had, you know, very passionate beliefs about my first election when I was in uh, third grade. I'm not going to tell you who I supported and who I didn't because that'll date me. Um, But, you know, well, part of that for me has been a real interest in structure and institutions and, and all of that, which led me to this, this idea of ecclesiology. Um, and one of the things I found about Anglicanism is that it combines a profound uh, commitment to scripture, which I think is is very critical for both of us from the, the Lutheran uh, heritage, the heritage of the Lutheran Reformation that we come from, with a deep respect for and pro- uh, project of recovering the historic beliefs and practices of the church. Um, having a, a Christian practice that is not only, you know, consistent with what we have today, uh, that's not just a reflection of the modern, but that's also kind of connects us back to the Christian past. Um, we live in a very, an age that's very uh, modern. You know, it's very much the, the past is in the past and we should leave it there. And, you know, unfortunately I'm a, um, you know, I'm very, patriotic American in some ways, but one of the difficulties of American culture is sometimes we don't have that emphasis. And I think there's something to be said for the idea of living tradition and not being subject to what G.K. Chesterton calls the democracy of those who happen to be alive at any given moment. And one of the things that I love about the Anglican vision of the church is that it is profoundly rooted in this idea of a continuity of living tradition bounded by scripture. Um, 
and that that's reflected in its ecclesiology, its commitment to apostolic succession, and um, in its self-conscious attempt to root its practices in the past. But ultimately, all of those practices and, and all of those developments are kind of bounded and normed by scripture. And at the same time, the other thing that was happening for me was at the same time, at time as I'm realizing, hey, these Anglicans really have something going on in terms of rooting things in the historic past. I also realized that the Anglican church, particularly the Anglican church in North America, is profoundly connected to what's happening in the world today. Part of the reason I became a political scientist was because I was passionate about the suffering church. The issue of Christian persecution is one that has really motivated me and, and been impactful in my life and something that I've been I've, I've had a heart for really since I was in high school. And the thing about Anglicans is that Anglicans don't just talk about having a relationship with a suffering church, they live it out. You know, there were Anglican parishes that because of uh, things that were happening that were not necessarily orthodox in the Episcopal Church, um, they were having relationships with and being under the authority of bishops that were in the suffering church. And so the, the profound relationship that that demonstrated uh, and the profound care for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that I saw in Anglicanism. Well, at the same time, you know, I don't, and I agree with Jay, the ELCA was a great place to grow up, but at the same time I'm seeing this in Anglicanism, you know, I'm reading messages from the presiding bishop of, of the ELCA at the time that are, you know, talking about all of these global problems, but not mentioning Christ. Um, you know, the bishop's Christmas, Christmas message one year didn't mention Jesus. And I'm like, wait a minute, what, what are we doing here? So I think those things combined really tugged me into, into Anglicanism and then led me to that concept of Catholicity that Jay was talking about before. Yeah, so that's AJ and I's backgrounds, maybe a little bit of why we're Anglicans. And I think we'll touch on this probably a lot more in further episodes. But so as you listen to these episodes, just have that in the back of your mind, where we're coming from, you know, we're Lutherans by theology and Anglican by conviction, you might say. Um, but looking forward, you know, I think AJ and I's goal here is to produce a podcast with a focus on theology. And specifically, we're going to start with the Anglican Catechism. Now, if you're familiar with Christianity or the Christian tradition, you've probably heard the word catechism thrown about. And in essence, what the catechism is, is a question and answer, back and forth, primer on theology. It gives you the basics of Christian theology. And so to that purpose, the Anglican Church in North America, the ACNA, in which AJ and I both belong right now, put out a catechism, I think in 2013 or somewhere around then, called to be a Christian. And so their purpose here is not necessarily, how do you be the best Anglican Christian or the best Anglican, but rather, how do you be a Christian? And so that'll be our focus as we move forward in these first couple episodes will be solely that. What does it mean to be a Christian? One of the things that I really like about to be a Christian is that I think it reflects a deep commitment to basic Orthodox Christianity. And in some ways, it is reflective in that sense of the Anglican ethos. Anglicans have never claimed to have a monopoly on Catholicity or a monopoly on commitment to biblical truth. But um, they have certainly been deeply rooted and grounded in what I would call kind of a, a biblical Catholic ethos. And I think part of that Catholicity is reflected in the fact that Anglicans have been willing to learn from the Eastern Orthodox, from our um, Brethren of the Reformation, from 
Roman Catholicism, where Roman Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy, and other Protestant churches have something to teach, um, and to work with and come alongside those denominations that have a commitment to basic orthodoxy. And I hope you'll see that reflected as we move through the catechism, and we want to reflect that as well in this podcast. We don't want this to be a podcast exclusively for Anglicans. Our hope is that any who are committed to or even have an interest in the basics of Orthodox Christianity will be able to, to learn from that. And as the Catechism covers some things that are more distinctive to the Anglican tradition, we'll do the best to explain that in a way that makes sense to those who don't come from that background. Awesome. So to that end, we're going to do this podcast um, maybe weekly, maybe two weeks. We'll see what we can cover and how quickly we can get it out to you guys. Um, and we'll do those primary episodes on the Catechism at least for the first season. Maybe hopefully until Advent is maybe our first goal here. Um, and in case you don't know, um, I did say until Advent. So that's roughly December 1st, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And until then, we're in the season of Trinity Tide, which is distinctly different from ordinary time if you use a... Uh, Romanized post-Vatican II calendar. We can get into that later, but the season is Trinity Tide. We're going to at some point have to have an episode explaining why it's called Trinity Tide. But all that to say, um, from now until Advent, um, we're going to hopefully do episodes on the Catechism every once or one or two weeks. And then in between, as we have time, we'll do some episodes on extra miscellaneous, random, churchy, you know, material whether it's feast days, holidays, um, minor points of theology that nobody but AJ or I care about. Um, and you can listen to those if you uh, find yourself so inclined. You totally should, because minor points of theology are sometimes really fun. Um, one of the first bonus episodes that we're going to do is an episode on the feast day of Lancelot Andrews. So what are these feast days? Isn't this something about, you know, the, the Roman Catholic worship of saints and bowing to saints, to statues and something about the second commandment? Um, I would say this. When we're talking about the feast days and we're talking about saints in the Anglican tradition, we are commemorating, remembering, learning from, and honoring the memories of exemplary Christians who have come before. So part, like I said, and this is something I said in our why I'm an Anglican section. I think it's important for us as Christians to be rooted in the past and to recognize in humility that we are not reinventing the wheel of Christianity in this generation, that in fact we have things to learn from those who came before us. And so when we recognize feast days of the saints, we're saying these are people who model aspects of Christianity that are really important for us to keep in mind today. And so we can learn from their example, uh, learn from their memories and study their examples and in some sense be taught by those who have come before and, and those who are in the past. So on the one hand, we're not saying, you know, these are people that we need to pray to, but we are saying emphatically, these are people that we need to learn from. And I hope that when you listen to our Lancelot Andrews episode, you'll get a sense of that. The other thing that you'll get from a feast day is, well, feast recommendations. Uh, as we do episodes that are focusing on Saints Feast Days, we'll probably have some recommendations about menu items, and as the podcast title would indicate, suggestions for some possible lim uh, libations that might go along with that if you are a libation-oriented person. Perfect. Well, with that said, I think we should close in prayer. AJ, may the Lord be with you. And also with you. O God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity. 
your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This has been Liturgical Libations and Lamentations. We hope you will join us next time as we continue to weep and imbibe throughout the church's year.